0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. It's the third hour of Pure Opelka on a Friday. That means I have one foot out the door towards the weekend. Until, of course, Saturday morning when we return at 6 a.m. to kick off the Blaze Radio on Saturday mornings. So you're welcome to get up early and join the party. It will be live just as it was last weekend from Las Vegas. Yes, it was 3 a.m. in Las Vegas last weekend when I was surrounded by the zombies leaking out of the casino and trying to figure out whether they were just starting their night or just ending it. But nevertheless, we will be here engaged in the moment tomorrow to deal with whatever's coming down the pike first thing in the morning. A couple of different stories today. Obviously, uh, we covered a little bit of what happened with the health care bill. But, you know, you've been inundated with that. There are no shocks there, right? Um, and you, you know about... Uh, Scaramucci, because the the vital question of the day is up on the Twitter. And many of you have jumped in on this. Many of you have jumped in to say, I'm not keen on the the way the cursing has has come out of the White House, this administration. So uh, you can vote. We'll be given the final results to the vital question of the day. But let's let's ask our Our buddy, our guest, our friend, the man uh, behind Faith Lift on Fridays here, Billy Hallowell from Faithwire USA, former escaped colleague of mine. Uh, Dr. Hallowell, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I'm
0: I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad with uh, the Charlie Gard news that just came down, which is why I was late. So I appreciate you once again putting up with me, Michael Polka.
2: Well, it seems to be an ongoing thing, Lucy. Just hold the football right there. I'll be up to kick it in a minute. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the char the Charlie guard thing. You know, Billy, it's one of those things that w- when you get to be a grown up and you understand that life and death are parts of are parts of our world, and we all know when someone's close. You know, if you know somebody who's not well and they're going to pass away, we've all experienced that. But when it ultimately happens. It still gut punches you, because I, I think we all hold out hope for some miracle. But this one, this one seemed to, I, it hit me hard, I have to tell you. I got I got emotional an hour ago.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, I think because there were so many elements of this, and I think it is interesting, you know, what his parents have said, and, and obviously they're quote-unquote biased parties in this because they're right in the middle of it, but that, you know, what they've said is that this kid has literally transformed the world, and in that he has brought this issue to everybody's attention. And even though he was so sick before he died, and there were so many different issues that came out of this, there was a reason everyone was talking about this. And I think it's because at the core, no matter what people say about life, about anything on any of these issues from abortion down the line, people know that life matters and that every life matters. And So I think that's why people really just from the start were, you know, I don't want to use the word enamored because it was such a horrific story, but they were intrigued and and they were riveted by it. And so it's it's a it's a sad ending that we had hoped for a miracle that didn't happen.
2: Well, I I just I'm I'm stunned, and I said this just a few minutes ago that who would have thought that this little, at the time, ten month old baby, could unite the Pope and the President on a topic, <laughs> you know? That's just yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's the you know. I think that. Um, Essentially, the most intriguing part here is that you had the two parties who couldn't seem to get along coming together and coming together strongly. And we don't know. I, I think, in fairness to this whole case, you know, we don't know. We know the condition before he passed away to try the experimental drugs was he was far too gone with his muscles and everything. We don't know what his condition was in December or January when doctors there were saying no, he couldn't have it. You know, was he in the same position he was in now? And we just said no. Was he in a better position? We can't know that. The the only people who know that are the doctors who have the files and that American doctor who I'd love to talk to. I've emailed him a bunch of times, haven't been able to connect with him, um, who went out there and, you know, looked into his case and wasn't willing to treat him after he saw how bad it was. We don't know all those details. So I think now's the time to pray for the family, to mourn. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of anger and frustration and the parents themselves have blamed, you know, the doctors for waiting so long. Uh, but again, we, we don't know those details. And so it makes it a little harder, I think.
2: Well, still, I I side with the parents on this one. I I think it goes back to how dare you question a parent. If the parent's going to do something that isn't going to be any skin off your nose or a nickel out of your pocket. And frankly, it's it's not as if they're taking him in the backyard and twirling a cat over him and, and trying to come up with some magic words. They were taking him, as the father said, from one world class hospital to another. And if it wasn't going to cause the hospital any financial distress, the only thing left is ego and emotional distress. And I think that's where this thing failed. That's where the British health system for me failed. This was all about ego and control. At the end of the day, it's about government control
0: and that's what's tragic because we don't know what would have worked and we don't know i mean look the vatican hospital is willing to take him and that and that professor that doctor from new york you know was willing to take him but we don't know what they would have said had they looked deeper but why couldn't the parents have tried and i think that goes back to the parental rights issue because had the parents not been stopped in november or december whenever they put their first request in after this really happened in october you know, this could be a different story. It really could be. And I think we, we've got a lot of big issues, and I keep getting critiqued for saying this, but we've got big issues with health care to talk about. We also have big issues with parental rights to talk about and what this case means for America because, you know, Europe always seems to be a few steps further down the ladder um, of chaos than America is. And, you know, I, I'm not making a statement about universal health care or anything like that, but when you give the government that much control – There are side effects, and I think this is one of those side effects that parents were not allowed to treat a child that doctors were saying was not in pain. I mean, a lot of the doctors were like, this kid's not in pain. So it's just – it's horrible, and I I can't – I feel for these parents because I can't imagine what it would be like. And I have to commend them because they fought until they could not fight anymore. They fought every detail of it, and some will say that was false hope. But I will say that at the end of the day, it, it exemplifies what a parent's love is, and, and we don't get to see that very often. And I think we saw that in this in this case.
2: Well, you as a parent of two little ones would know much more than I, and I'm sure you guys, you and your bride, would do the same thing.
0: Oh yeah, I wouldn't stop until. And look, I, I think and I wrote an op ed, and I'd love to send it out to you. I actually I think
2: I did send it to you the
0: other day about. This issue and about hope. And, you know, even though this had the ending we were hoping it didn't have. You know, I think so many of us limit hope and we limit what can happen. And I think that's really unfortunate because there's so many cases where doctors say the end is the end. This is over. This person's going to die. It's done. And they remove life support and the person survives or people get healed. I mean, this is not some crazy religious person saying this. I'm telling you things that I've and you know this, that we've talked about people we've interviewed um, that exist in real life. And so I think we've got to hold on to hope. And I don't think enough people had hope. In this case, and again, it didn't end the way that we hoped it would, but other cases do, and we got to keep that hope.
2: I agree with you completely. What else are you working on today? What else is popping on Faithwire and the Hallowell? Oh, oh, let me ask. There's a rumor floating around the internet um, that you had uh, a meeting, an embrace. Was there a kiss with uh, with uh, a former American Idol contestant, Clay Aiken?
0: Well, there was no kiss or embrace, but I was actually uh, I was on Bold TV today, which is a lot of fun. And he hosts that with Carrie Sheffield, and um, you know they they basically have a really cool little outfit going on over there. But we talked about my book Fault Line, and uh, we talked about media bias, university bias, Hollywood bias, and yeah, you know, we went back and forth a little bit. Let's just say Clay Aiken didn't agree with me on what I was saying, which is that I think there is bias that is ingrained in those arenas, and. Yeah, we had some. We had a few disagreements, if if I might uh, if I might say so myself. So, but it was and interesting. It was fun, and he was gracious. This where can play.
2: we see this?
0: If you go to Bold TV, and we're actually going to run a story on Faithwire too, where we carry the video, so you can go to Faithwire.com today, um, or you can go to Bold TV's Facebook page and you can check it out. Like I said, it was a lot of fun, and you could see, you know, he made some interesting points. I don't agree with him, but. Um, you know, I didn't. Re- I was hoping to battle with Kelly Clarkson, but that opportunity wasn't there. So I got Clay again. There you go. But
2: the, 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 all the rumors about the embrace and the smooch—none of that. There's no truth to that.
0: <laughs> none of them are true. Although Chris Field, um, you, one of the blaze you know, a blazer still, and, and also one of my good friends, tried to spread that rumor as well. It didn't
2: happen. See, I can't Johnson's ever bad, imagine it. Chris Field stretching <laughs> the truth. It's just, I, I'm sorry, I. I, I question your motives on shooting down this story, About I'll, I'll defer to you because you're on the phone right now, so I'm not going
0: <laughs> <not gonna> to <laughs> you know, One day we just need to get on here and we need to prank. To lift people's spirits on this segment on a Friday, we just need to prank Chris Field. It should be a goal of yours to do live on the air.
2: It's a goal of mine every day. What do you mean every <laughs> on a Friday? Yes, we... But see, he doesn't... He's not listening now, so... There are some um, uh, willing co-conspirators who are, and I they know who they are. One needs to calm down, lest she give away the uh, plan. Oh, Kate,
0: we, Scanlon. Yeah, she, Kate Scanlon yeah, Cape is a total mess, but in a good way. And also, yeah. you know, I would add that Chris Fields. <laughs> I, what I love about Chris Fields' family is that they want nothing more than to embarrass him, and so they've sent me a treasure trove of photos from his childhood. <laughs> um, and embarrassing photos, everything from the bathtub as a kid, all the way down the line to his mullet as a teenager. And I've been slowly releasing those on social media. So it's, it's, it's a real joy.
2: Well, that's wonderful. Um, I, I I'm going to give you a scoop Monday. You have to listen to this show on Monday. Uh, we are having, uh, the Vatican Ninja, uh, the Papal Ninja on the show.
0: Um, I would love to be on for that. That sounds amazing.
2: Do you, do you know who the Papal Ninja is?
0: No, but it just sounds amazing. I don't know who the Papal Ninja is, but any time you mix
2: Papal and Ninja together, I'm in. How, how do you now get curious about the Papal Ninja? Aside from probably being... Um, I, I'm going to try and make a love connection between the Papal Ninja and Kate Scanlon, even though she doesn't know it and will probably resist it. But uh, the Papal Ninja is a young man who is competing in the American Ninja Warrior game on NBC... And uh, earlier this week, he qualified for the big multi-million dollar finals thing. But Billy, you've seen that show, right? Where they go through all the obstacles. Yeah, I'm not getting past the first obstacle. I know it. In great shape, I'm not getting past the first obstacle. (laughs) This guy got through the major city finals event. And before the last thing where they have to ratchet up a 35-foot wall using just their arms, this guy stopped took a knee and said a prayer and he still beat everybody else in time. So he's like Tebow kind of, but better. He Tebowed, he Tebowed just before the final stage of, of the American Ninja warrior city finals to earn a place in the big finale where he'll be able to go for it. And he had, but he had his parents and a cadre of, of, of clerics on the sidelines, (laughs) all investments. It was (laughs) fabulous. (laughs) but he's going he's going to join us monday and you know if you want to if you want to be part of the fun you can although i think scanlon wants to be a part of it too so you never it's going to be crowded well, ban
0: scanlon Ban scanlon that that's the decision that could already be made that doesn't even need to be negotiated but i would love to be there
2: i'll, I'll keep you posted on that all right before i let you out of here <laughs> uh, uh, what what else is hanging out what else is lurking in the uh, faithwire files that are about to pop or just popped You know, it's been like a Justin Bieber
0: week, which has been really interesting and really strange. I'm about Um, to ask you about that.
2: Is that, is it true? Did he stop his tour in order to start his own church? No, it's
0: not true. He's denying it. He's saying that it's because he's tired and exhausted, which is what the statement essentially was initially. Yeah, It was vague. It was, you know, unexpected circumstances, basically. But no, he, he flat out denied it was for religious reasons, so... Now, look, it might be that he's exhausted, and part of it is a faith, personal faith issue, but he has been more and more involved in his Christian faith, which I think is what's intriguing people, is we're seeing him speak about it more, and he's not just saying random things like, oh, I love God. He's saying very deep theological things that somebody who kind of understands the Bible really well says. So, yeah, but he he was not doing it, Um, and by the way, Kate Scanlon is texting me and harassing me because she hears me live on the air making fun of her, but... Side note with Bieber is that, uh, you know, he's just, he's a fascinating guy. He's got a lot of, he's had a lot of problems and yet has this intriguing faith walk. So we'll have to keep watching.
2: I think it's it's just so bizarre. When I first saw it, I was like, that can't be true. That's that's like the rumors when, when Elvis was out there and someone was starting a Presbyterian church that was going to be the first church of Elvis, the presletarian. I was like, give me a break. That's not there real. Is-
0: There is one other thing, and I would encourage people to check this out. We have it over on faithwire.com. It's this girl, Becca Shea, and she's a Christian singer. And what she does is she rewrites, like, every Top 40 song and gets the rights to it and performs it and changes the lyrics and turns them into Christian songs. And it's insane because she's super talented. And we've got her latest um, song right now. We've got the video over on faithwire.com. We cover a lot of her stuff. She's phenomenal, and, and I don't think a lot of people know about her, so trying to get people to know about her and check her music out.
2: I will definitely do that. It's Faithwire. Is that with your byline underneath it?
0: It is. Yes, it is.
2: Very good. Well, Billy Hallowell, I appreciate you. When you get a chance, go vote on the vital question as to whether or not Scaramucci's vulgarities are okay or he should be an example or you can't effing make up your mind, so we need that. And uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you for being here. You too. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're
0: listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You can take the president down. We were listening to the president a little bit during the break there. He is uh, Brentwood, Long Island, talking to uh, a group of law enforcement about what we're going to do to dismantle, decimate MS-13 and other gangs. This uh, This is a big deal. This is... Something that uh, I'm behind 100%, sir. I understand we saw what the gangs were doing to Long Island. A lot of people had no idea what the hell was going on out there. But there was uh, gang control in several different parts of Long Island, and it was not a good thing at all. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can grab some quotes during the break, maybe uh, find out what... What the plans are. I do believe, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that, um, that we might send troops to Central America to help the governments there deal with deal with the, um, the gangs who are sending not just drugs, but they're involved in this human trafficking. The issue that we saw in San Antonio last week. Um, with the, the 10 people who died and the hundreds of people who were in the back of that truck that, that was hauling people across the border, the gangs are involved in that. You don't think that's an organization with a, a, a reach from not just Central America into this country and all over this country. That is a huge money-making deal that's out there. So what the president's doing here uh, is trying to dismantle MS-13 in this country. I applaud him for that. And, of course, the men and women of law enforcement, I hope they get every, every dollar they need to fight that battle. Because MS-13 is a massive, wealthy organization. And guess what? People like ISIS trying to hook up with gangs like this. This is the time when our enemies attempt to unite to go after us. So this is a key thing that uh, we didn't see in the last administration. We saw turning a blind eye from the gang problem, especially the gang problem from Central America. The president has mentioned a couple of different things, including the problem in Chicago where my old hometown where the homicide rate is still on pace to beat last year. Chicago had its 400th homicide yesterday, and that's, that's ahead of last year's pace. So we salute you, sir. Give the cops what they need. Let them get the job done. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just got news. Uh, the, as we mentioned with Billy Hallowell from Faithwire uh, just a few minutes ago, the, um, the papal ninja, Sean Bryan, will be joining us. He is the project's director for a Catholic organization. And uh, he is a former competitive gymnast and NCAA uh, gymnastic athlete. And I will tell you, I'm amazed at at what he was able to do. The Papal Ninja will join us in the first hour on uh, Monday's program on Puro Opelka. So I hope hope you will join us for that. I'm a fan of of that show, American Ninja Warrior, mostly because there is no way in hell I could do any of that stuff. And I marvel at the ability of the people to do it. Also, some of the stories... Some of the people who are there, they're single moms or they're struggling families. They're people who have overcome adversity and they still find time to train for this incredibly difficult sport, which you got to admit, there, there aren't a whole lot of um, ninja warrior training camps, although they started, these people who have been doing this now for a few years, they have, uh, they have started to open up camps like gyms in their town where people will come and try and learn those skills. So American entrepreneurship on display once again. And I, frankly, I'm, I'm kind of pleased that NBC hasn't gone in and tried to uh, at least get a fee from those people or shut down those who are independent operators. I guess they can figure out a way not to use the words American Ninja Warrior. But it's, it's uh, supercharged parkour training. And there are people of all ages. There was a guy in there the other day in his 70s, and he, he got past a couple of the obstacles. I have no idea how he did it. But uh, amazing. The, the uh, Papal Ninja will be joining us. And also, uh, I'm, we're, we're also trying to get Dan Abrams, the guy behind Live PD, which is on uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights from 9 to midnight, I know, I don't have a life, but I, I love live TV shows. They show the best of our law enforcement, and it is live, so it's crazy. And then a week from today, a week from today, if you are joining us, you will be able to um, get a preview of Sharknado 5 as the, uh, the writer of Sharknado 5 is going to be joining us, which is terrific, right? We're trying to connect on some level with some of the culture, because the culture is where we will ultimately get the minds of the young people and start taking back what has been uh, twisted for the last four decades in the education system and all across entertainment. So uh, connecting to American Ninja Warrior, connecting to the Sharknado folks, I, I I wish we could get Dan Abrams from uh, Live PD on the horn. We're going to keep trying. We'll keep trying. Uh, Meanwhile, the president is out in uh, Long Island, at Brentwood, Long Island, and he is uh, talking to uh, an audience of law enforcement folks, talking about the battle against MS-13. MS-13 brutal gang. And uh, the president shared... A very unvarnished statement about the MS-13 people. And I just can't wait for the left to get angry that the president called these gang members
1: animals. Here's his statement. Together we're going to restore safety to our streets and peace to our communities. And we're going to destroy the vile criminal cartel MS-13 and many other gangs. But MS-13 is particularly violent. They don't like shooting people because it's too quick. It's too fast. I was reading one of these animals was caught and explaining they like to knife them and cut them and let them die slowly because that way it's more painful and they enjoy watching that much more. These are animals. Anyone have a
2: problem with that? Anyone have a problem with the president using the term animals? Yes, I railed against Scaramucci for his his use of profanity earlier, but I don't have a problem with the president calling this gang this this heartless gang that deals not only in drugs but in human trafficking and they don't care. But guess what? The president, I think I I think what he's doing when he talks this way about MS13 when he addresses the issue with in I think think he's on. He talked about the problem, why the problem of gangs along the southern border had, had gotten uh, as, as out of control as it is. And I think we all know the reason, but this president does not
1: shy away from
2: making sure everybody else understands it.
1: I said, hey, Tom, let me ask you a question. How tough are these guys, MS-13? He said, they're nothing compared to my guys, nothing. And that's what you need. Sometimes that's what you need, right? For many years, they exploited America's weak borders and lax immigration enforcement to bring drugs and violence to cities and towns all across America. They're there right now because of weak political leadership, weak leadership, Weak policing, and in many cases because the police weren't allowed to do their job. I've met police that are great police that aren't allowed to do their job because they have a pathetic mayor or a mayor doesn't know what's going on. But got a nice round of
2: applause because that's the issue of sanctuary cities. That's the issue that prevents law enforcement from doing its job and protecting the people. I mentioned Chicago earlier. Chicago, two days ahead of last year, has had its 400th homicide. Two days ahead of last year. The year before that, in 2015, we got to, in Chicago, got to 400 homicides in uh, December. So they are four months ahead of 2015 and already had of the blistering pace in 2016. I think Donald Trump is going at the, the, the policies of sanctuary cities and of violence and gangs in the right way. And I know this is supposed to be Heroes Week. This is supposed to be the week that the White House said we were going to dedicate to American heroes. Uh, I think this is finally a win for the White House after the horrific loss of on, on health care, and after the, the as, as I've termed it, the attacks, disgusting attack on Jeff Sessions, and now we're allowing the attacks from Scaramucci on both Bannon, who I'm not a fan of Steve Bannon, and on Reince Priebus. I've only had brief interactions with Reince, but they've always been professional. I don't think what he said is, is appropriate in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't reflect the, the office. It doesn't reflect the administration. It doesn't reflect the dignity that I believe should come with the office of the president and someone who is his spokesperson. So after that horrible week, this speech appears to be at least something of good news, on top of the fact that under President Trump, the, uh, the gross national product and the economy is, is picking up steam. So the, the economy seems to be helping the president. And if he can be strong on things like tearing apart these gangs and dismantling gangs like MS-13 and protecting us and getting rid of sanctuary cities, maybe he can build a little momentum. Because right now, after the health care debacle, there doesn't seem to be too much else that's working for this president. And I do want my tax cut, sir. When we get back, I'll give you an update on North Korea, because, yes, after the missile was launched, just before we started the show, there there is an update on what kind of missile it was. And uh, I don't think we're going to be very happy about that. I'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka.
1: You're listening to Pure Opelka
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is Pure Pelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Pelka. Wrapping up a uh, a busy week. We will be here tomorrow morning, of course. And before I get out of here, I have to remind you, I'm not the only one who's having success with Relief Factor. Yes, of course, you've heard Doc Thompson talking about it. Uh, you, you also have heard uh, Brad Staggs talking about it. But there are Thousands of people who got the three-week quick start pack, and it worked for them, and 80% of them reorder it because it works. The 100% botanical mixture, the fish oils, and the, the natural stuff, the spices, it all works to reduce the inflammation, which makes the pain go away or never get started. Don't take my word from it. Doug in Colorado tried Relief Factor, had some success with it.
0: I had gotten to the point where I could no longer walk, let alone hike, more than a half a mile without sitting down to rest. I had switched to bicycle riding from hiking because I could still get exercise without pain. I heard on the radio about Relief Factor helping some people. On October 3rd, I started two packets a day of Relief Factor. From that day to this, I have been able to
2: hike normally. It's unbelievable when you consider how quickly it can work. For me, it worked in eight days. Most people, seven to ten days. What do you have to do? Go to relieffactor.com, or you can pick up the phone. You can call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. I use Relief Factor, and it's, it's helped me so much quick start pack three weeks of relief factor pre-packaged ready to go take it with you 1995 relieffactor.com i i um i almost don't know where to start as we try and wrap up and wrap our heads around today we lost charlie guard today charlie guard who fought bravely not even a year old and now he would have been a year old on Barack Obama's birthday. That, that is not lost on me. And I hope it's not lost on you. The irony there of the guy who created the health care bill that I think eventually, unless we do something amazing in the next couple of months, is going to ultimately bring single payer health care to this country. And hopefully it takes a long, long time. But the Democrats seem to be united on wanting to make that happen. But Charlie Gard, gone today. Um, we, we watched the aftermath of last night when, when John McCain doomed the attempt, the latest attempt of, um, of repeal and replace to fail. And then John McCain got on a plane today, and he's heading back to Arizona for more treatment of his cancer. And you certainly can't blame him for wanting to go take care of his health. But interestingly enough, he didn't want to take care of the health care in this country and get it back on track. And despite endless times, you're now going to see the montages of how many times over the last seven years John McCain has stood in front of a microphone in front of people and said, repeal and replace, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. And now he's the guy who ultimately pulled the plug on the latest attempt. Ted Cruz said, "A party that lies to its its base will not be in power much longer." I have a feeling he's prescient. So we, we shall see. And in terms of the Scaramucci mess and uh, the the situation with Jeff Sessions, I I have to say, I think Sessions has. You know, despite what Mo Brooks said, wanting Jeff Sessions to stay on, which I believe is so he can run for the Senate. I think Sessions would be better off in the Senate. But maybe not. We'll see. But in terms of the Scaramucci story and, and the uh, the vital question of the day, I don't know if you've gone in and, and voted. There's still time. We will give you the final results tomorrow. The vital question poll. Where do you stand on, on the language, the coarse language used by used by uh, Anthony Scaramucci. Currently, 51% of you are saying, no, don't use the coarse language, Mr. Press Secretary. Let's try and be uh, a better example. 34% say no limits to free speech anywhere. And our good friend Emily Zanotti, Emily Zanotti surprised me because, you know, she's, she's a lady But she's also an Italian who said, uh, the only thing missing from that being an Italian dinner was someone saying, kiss your mom for me. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm confused. But um, I, I certainly want better out of my president. I want better out of my press secretary. I want a higher class of people. I want a better example i want to lead by example. So uh, watch this space. Do you think, do you think Sessions lasts another week? Do you think Priebus lasts another week? Bannon has said boo about the insult that was given to him. I think Steve Bannon is dug in. And I, don't think, I, I think if he raises his head, he's afraid he's the next to go. There's turmoil in the White House. I wish we didn't have it so we could get onto a real agenda, like cutting taxes, like taking on MS-13, like shutting down North Korea, which fired an intercontinental ballistic missile today. Something has to be done. Stop the squabbling. We'll be back at 6 a.m. tomorrow. I hope you're here, too. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.